Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. It's been a long time. No, it was just a week. Yeah. We were off for a week, <laughs> but I did the uh, I did the interview with happened in that week. I know. I did the interview with Jared Seidler uh, from Baseball Prospectus in this spot last week. The first ever BSPN version of the Double G Show. That was a lot of fun because he's pretty easy. You know, he's dialed into a lot of the giant stuff himself. So, um, oh yeah, we got to talk about some of the prospects and some of the Zadie stuff. But Brad and I will uh, get a chance to talk about Kapler. We haven't had a chance to talk about that quite yet. We're also going to talk about some of the more la- the last time we recorded, we did like the our, our giancy players, you know, who who went above and beyond. And this this time we'll do most disappointing. We'll also look at the playoffs. And as I am watching, Philadelphia still have still have three innings left, but they're about to take yeah. a two-o lead on the Braves. Does now it's the bottom of the sixth as we're talking here. I, I, I don't think the Braves have a hit yet. Dude, I haven't, I haven't seen a box score, but yeah, they haven't, yeah. They haven't scored in either of these two games yet. So, right. But yeah, it's I also crazy offense that <laughs> they, they had, they had over 300 home runs during the season. It's insane. I mean, this is the weirdest series so far out of all of them that we've had. I mean, there are sweeps of plenty in the first round, the, the two out of three, but th- this one is just so far completely mind boggling. And our guy, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. He's only got 74 pitches through five and two thirds. And confirmed no hits. And so you get a little bit of wonder about when it comes to the ninth inning, you let him ride with it. You bring the bullpen. We're going to see it. Well, I, I kind of hope that he's got the no no going into like the eighth and the ninth to see what, what decisions the manager will make. 
Yeah, I think if it's a four nothing ball game like this, you kind of let it ride. If it was one nothing or two nothing, maybe things are a little bit different. But four nothing, uh, you know. But plus, they could they could technically. I mean, he's not going to pitch again this series. No, because they'll be up two zero with three games left. He he might pitch game five. I mean, they've got all these weird days off now. Yeah, three out of five series. So it's turning into basketball, like basketball days off. I think. I feel like the basketball playoffs, they, they play a game and then like one a week. It just kind of feels like it goes on forever. Yeah, I think they have like a window and they just want to get everything stretched into that window. So if they have some short series, then the games kind of get spaced out. But if they have these long series, then the games are like all back to back. So they try and cram it all yeah. in. So it's it's just depending on how quick some of these series is, are, are done. Uh, also... For those watching on video and they see my hat, I don't have I don't have a Diamondbacks hat. I can't buy I can't buy any Diamondbacks <laughs> no, gear. No. God no. But this is the closest thing I have: University of Arizona ball cap. So we're we're all rooting for the Diamondbacks here. Mm-hmm. And how how great was it to just see the the Clayton Kershaw head down in his hands? I feel like it's the same thing. Like you you could just take the same photo from the last several playoff runs and it's just his the same thing for him head in hand sad couldn't bear couldn't even get out of the first inning like just sadness all around i was i was so happy not that you know i don't have anything against clayton kershaw though you know he could have well he's a dodger so yeah he's, well a he's a dodger <laughs> he could have he could have handled the uh equality night situation uh, yeah. a little bit better than he did uh and yeah it's just he just kills us every single you know almost every time that I feel like the Giants have played him. It's just oh, like yeah. he's on his best. So uh, happy to see him uh, him fail here. It looks like Atlanta did get their first hit. Oh, okay, there we go. Oh, and their first run. Wow. So maybe they got two hits while we were chatting. Look at that. Well, no, they got runners. Well, you must be way ahead of me because I. Oh, okay, there we go. Four one. Oh, Acuna Jr. just. Went from third to home on that uh, little gaff at second base. So they have a run. The fans are celebrating. They're going crazy. First run in 15 innings of this series. That's amazing. Yeah, so I would say poor Atlanta Braves, but I mean, they'll be fine. <laughs> I know they're so good. Ooh, that, that, I mean, that's a risky play for him because... Yeah, Basically, when you're down four nothing. Yeah, you're down four nothing, and there's a base hit to right, so he's going first to third, and the second baseman lets the ball go past him, and he but he was not going to stop, and he made the right decision because he would he was going to be safe very uh, very easily. So yeah, I think when he saw Turner, I guess the ball popped up, and Turner re- as soon as he saw that Turner didn't re- really know where the ball was. I think he decided, okay, I can get a run out of this. He, he, that's what he, happens when you have speed, man. Yeah, exactly. The, Gi- the Giants would What's not have like? been able to do that. <laughs> no, and that's so frustrating. And that's one thing <laughs> we're going to definitely talk about today is the fact that our team needs to get faster. The Giants need to get faster. They need to get better defensively um, and, and faster so that they could take care, take uh, advantage of defensive miscues like that. We just weren't able to do that at all this season. Imagine uh, Wilmer. Turning the the corner on third, there <laughs> deciding whether or not yeah, I would I would probably have left the room before he was thrown out by three feet at home. I love it. Too. I love it, <laughs> Wilmer. 
We got to pick on Wilmer. We got to pick on Jock. We got to well, pick on the no speed guys. Yeah, in, in a sense, you kind of do. But at the same time, if you're picking on Wilmer, you also got to pat that dude on the back because he was. Oh, of course. He was yeah, excellent. he he was our offense. But just like just like Jarrett and I were talking about, and this is what you and I said in the offseason, is when you have so many guys who are better suited for DH, they end up playing the field way more than you want them because yeah. of the way the Giants play situationally. And that's just what happened is we saw a lot. We saw a lot more of Wilmer and Jock playing defense than anyone in their right mind needed to see. Yeah, absolutely. It was nothing yeah. but like plumber's crack. Like, <laughs> you know, you know the plumber, he's going to bend over. It's like, he can't still, yeah. just don't, you know, that that's what it was like watching Jock play left field. It's just like a big giant plumber's crack out in left field. But but you know, and and that's fine. And 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 we can do that. And again, we had to do that a couple of years ago. But when you're leading the National League in home runs, you could do that. When mm-hmm. you're not leading the National League in home runs and you're near the bottom, it really, really emphasizes the problem areas of your team. And that's just kind of what happened with all of that. When you're not hitting and you're not hitting home runs. Uh, everything else is going to be glaring. You're, you can blame it on everything else at that point. You could try to say, well, the defense is so bad. No, you're not hitting. That's yeah. the problem. You can, yeah. you, you can band-aid stuff with home runs and, and runs scored, but uh, otherwise, no. Yeah, and we'll also, at the end of this, we'll look at some predictions from the uh, beginning of the season, from before the season started. And uh, we'll we'll see how we did. I, th- I think we did this at the All-Star break, too. We did kind of a catch-up to see we where we did a we couple. Were. Yeah, we so. had, I think, two or three at the All-Star break. No, two. So this is the rest of them. Tallied all of them. We had six predictions. Uh, spoiler alert, it did not go well. <laughs> uh, and it went okay for you. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Let's talk about Kapler. I think we both were under the impression before he got let go that he was going to get one more shot, that he and Zaidi mm-hmm. was going to get one more shot. And it turns out that he didn't. And Farhan said that this was his call and he went to management and ownership and was like, hey, this is what I think we need to do. And at the same time, he sounded like uh, he lost his best friend. They were really close. That part of it didn't really make a ton of sense to me because it was like, yeah, we need to make some adjustments. But it was all about Farhan saying, I need to learn how to collaborate better. I need to make decisions with you know not be so stringent on uh, i'm i'm I'm, that's what i'm taking it as i i I can't be so textbook to how ideal we need to be a little bit more collaborative and he was like taking the blame for a lot of it and then you it turns out that kapler was the one that was fired so obviously zaid is not going to fire himself but it did seem like they were in lockstep so in this situation the manager goes and I do wonder if Farhan is going to be able to make those adjustments like he said, which is, you know, I, we got to do things a little bit more collaboratively, outside thoughts and opinions and and less kind of, you know, listening, agreeing with ourselves kind of stuff. I, I wonder if you can actually make that change. You know, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, I... I <sighs> the 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 change that needs to be made and, and it's going to be talked about off all, all off season is um 
and if it's going to happen, and, and that's also going to be, you know, who the next manager is, is this going to happen? But the, the change that really needs to be made is, uh, you know, are we going to be looking at platoons? Are we going to be looking at, you know, 15 man pitching staffs? Are we going to be looking at openers? Are we going to look at a traditional bullpen? Um, those are all the things that I'd like to see changed. I'd like to see us go back to a little bit more traditional baseball. Um, is, is Zadie capable of that? Is he capable to let go of the reins and say, uh, Hey, new manager, um, I'm going to give you these players. These are what they're good at. This is the philosophy of baseball operations in San Francisco. But if you want to change it, change it. I mean, he's, he's alluded to that in some of the interviews and and pretty much said, like you had said too, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit more, uh, some pushback from the manager. He'd like to have some, not pushback, but more um, different ideas from the manager. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, if if we're going to go that route, especially if they're talking about there's a possibility of we might see a manager who's never managed in the bigs before. Um, you know, Grant Brisby threw out the article um, and, and, and Bags also hit on it that it's a possibility, uh, you know, we may see somebody like Stephen Vogt, who's a, a, a previous catcher with the Giants and the A's. Bags also guy. threw out. Pat Burl on yeah, I Tim saw that. podcast. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of interesting. I read his article yesterday, and I thought as I got back from vacation, I had a lot to catch up on. And as I was reading, I go, Pat Burl. I, what are we at, like chugging beers after games? Like what's? Yeah, going on? I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that. But again, you know, it's hard to say because if you get a guy who hasn't managed before, and all of a sudden he's a manager, he might do a decent job. I'd like to see a guy like Ron Washington. I mean, that's kind of that that's that's my number one guy that I want to see is Ron Washington. We know his track record with players. There's not one player in the major leagues who has anything bad to say about Ron Washington. Yeah. Um he did a good job in in Texas with the Rangers. I brought him to the World Series and and we beat him there. Um but you know, he he's he he has a track record as a good manager and and a good baseball guy. He's been around the game for years and years and years. Uh, he's in Atlanta right now as a bench coach, uh, third base coach, I think also. Um, but, uh, you know, so he's been around in a winning organization for the last few years too. And that's also a good guy to pull from. Um, we had a, we had a funny comment from Paul who yeah. was, uh, who was watching live. He said, uh, not saying that they are slow, but they would come in fourth place after a snail, a turtle, and a wheelchair. When uh, Ooh, our player. reference to the Giants, <laughs> the, there's their lack of speed here. So here, so when yeah. uh, when I talk to Jarrett, he's not wrong. I'll tell you. No, when I talk to Jarrett, his question was: if it's not Kapler, all of the top guys who are on everybody's lists are also heavy, heavy, heavy analytics guys. Right. And so he said, and and also possibly player development guys, which is, you know, what he thought may have been part of the issue with Kapler in that Kapler is going to be very opinionated on the development of of guys. And maybe that could have been a a small situation where he may have liked folks more so than. And that's where Kapler, that's where Kapler was from player development with the Dodgers. So that's, and I don't want to see a situation like that because then we're just trading Kapler for Kapler. Exactly. But the, the the flip side is, is maybe Kapler on the field was solid, but it was Kapler's uh, 
interpersonal skills in the locker room skills. You know, we kept reading. He just basically let the locker room, the players police themselves. He wasn't big on rules or, or anything. And, and then you see the the comment by Logan Webb about, you know, when I came up, it was Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. So you kind of double checked your ego at the door and, and you kind of rode the wave of those guys. So yeah, that, that is interesting. And, and Kapler is an ex ball player, ex top prospect. So he understands that game very well. But at the same time, I you, you know you just wonder if he's kind of a self starter. He's not a guy that needs a, a pat on the back or a guy that needs the rah rah stuff. And if that's his personality, then maybe your next coach is kind of similar to him, but maybe a little bit better about putting the arm around the shoulder of somebody who's struggling, or you know, you know, kind of lighting a lighting a fire underneath their rear end when need be, which it doesn't seem like Kapler was. It seems like Kapler was much more just strong personality, but like maybe not the greatest with the relationships. Now I obviously we don't know for sure. It, I'm just all the things that I'm reading. That's kind of how it reads. So, well, I, you know, I, I'm still waiting for the big piece that's going to come out about, you know, why this thing had to end the way that it did. There's been some good reporting so far, but there, there's got to be more stuff coming from the giant side. Oh, I'm sure. But, but, and I'm it, sure. it'll eventually come out, but that, that will be interesting. But I guess, again, I go back to what Jarrett and I were talking about. Who do you bring in? Because whoever they bring in is going to probably be a lot like the other candidate that Farhan really wanted, which was Kapler. So, that is something to to look at. You know, we were talking about Bob Melvin and, you know, San Diego said, you know, Melvin's coming back. GM is coming back. So he's off the table. You, there's other candidates out there like uh, Will Venable, who has some small ties to the Giants just because his pops played for the Giants in the early to mid 80s. But, you know, it's just uh, the way that baseball is today. I don't think you there's no Bruce Bochy's out there because you can't right. be a Bruce Bochy. If you're a Bruce Bochy, say like a, um, a Girardi or a uh, Joe Madden, like those guys are gone. Like they don't fit because the the baseball operations piece wants the manager to be to fit in 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 the system, not right. be like this outlier in the system. So uh, Bochy's, I mean, can't argue with what Bochy's doing in Texas. I just kind of just like, can we just bring him back? Like, <laughs> like can we just yeah. get, let's just pull him back and just let him go until he's done, until he's like, all right, guys, I'm done. My wine, yeah. I've, I have too much wine now. I, I can't. <laughs> My well, and, the, and, the, and the problem with, with, with Bochy and the way it ended, though, was that he was burned out. I mean, you know, managing through three World Series and going that deep into the playoffs all three times and and then in 2016 getting in the playoffs and, you know, getting past the Mets and then playing the Cubs for, you know, five games, four games, I think it was, uh, a situation like that. And, and, and then you get into 2019 and he's kind of like, you know, new regime comes in. I think I've run my course. I think I, I'm tired. I think I'm done. He needed the three years off. So that was, you know, just kind of the way that all played out. I don't think there was any situation where he was going to hang on um, and, and and stick around and be in, be in, in place as the Giants manager this year, uh, you know, keep going and going and going. Uh, he needed to recharge. Uh, the Giants saw that. He saw that. Um, 
he even stayed on as um you know special uh advisor to the giants for the, for three years before he ended up in texas uh and again i'll throw the name out there again ron washington was the runner-up you know to bruce bochi one of the runners up to bruce bochi for the job in texas this time around again uh so he's still a guy who's being considered and i think he kind of bridges that gap between old and new because mm-hmm. he's been around the the new analytics and the way baseball is played now and he's been around the way baseball was played back in the day so so you say there aren't any guys left and i said there's one guy left and i and i, I still i i'd like to see ron washington get that chance because i still haven't read an article uh, about Ron Washington that says this guy needs to be out of the game or he's awful. Everything I've read, you know, over the years has always been uh, the players love him. Uh, the guy is brilliant. He's a, a brilliant baseball mind. Uh, and and I'd love to see him have another shot. Could the Giants go internal? They could. I mean, you know, they're talking about a couple uh, people internal, and of course, they're throwing out the name Pat Burrell, uh, Burrell. Um, and so, I, I mean, they could go internal. Um, I think the fans would not go for that because I think right now they just too similar. Kind of want, yeah, too similar. I think they just kind of want a total change. They don't want somebody who has coached or been around under under Kapler. I think they want uh, fans want all ties cut from Kapler. Um, but you got to imagine some of that coaching staff, if not a lot of that coaching staff's probably coming back, right? I would hope. I would hope Kai Correa would even get a chance, uh, get a look. But again, the, are we looking at Kai Correa and say that's a carbon copy? Are we saying, like you had mentioned, are we are we saying this is Kapler, but elevated on the player side of things and mm-hmm. elevated on the clubhouse side of things? Um, you know, Farhan has mentioned too. He wants a recruiter. He wants a manager who's a recruiter, somebody yeah. that which, that can which come doesn't to these- which doesn't isn't a great thing to say about Kapler because you're basically saying Kapler was not a good recruit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a free agent that said that they left one of the meetings and they just said it was, uh, you know, a lot of awkward interactions, uh, in the meeting when they were trying to be recruited. So, um, was it robotic? Was it, uh, you know, uh, Farhan pitched baseball operations and then turned it over to Kapler and Kapler was basically like, yeah, all of that come to us. Um, you know, so so you want a raw raw guy. You want a guy like, uh, you know, uh, uh, and and a guy who was was look, was looked at by the Giants a couple of years ago, and that's David Bell's over in uh, in Cincinnati, who's now leading, um, you know, a, a bunch of young guys in Cincinnati and and fighting for a playoff spot this year as they did, uh, and then they have uh, bright hopes for next season. But he's a raw raw guy. I mean. Too rah-rah to the point where I think he probably led the the majors in getting tossed as a manager <laughs> this year. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think I, I really do think we need to look outside of the organization. I think they're going to do lip service and and some, you know, uh, satisfy uh, the internals by doing some internal uh, recruiting uh, and looking around. But but I think they really need to go outside and bring in somebody fresh. Well. Update on the Braves and the Phillies. The Braves, another hit in the bottom of the seventh. Wheeler is still in four to one Philadelphia. Are you, are you rooting for Texas at this point? You know, I sure I'd like, I mean, if Bochi got another ring, that'd be great. Um, you know, cause you know what that means is it wouldn't be the Dodgers. Yeah. So obviously any, when it gets to the playoffs for me, 
I don't even care if the Yankees win the World Series. That as doesn't long bother as me. The Dodgers. Anybody but the Dodgers. I really don't care. Like this this Philly Brave series. Um, you know, if Philly wins this game and they go up 2-0 and then the Braves rush back and win the next three games and and win 3-2, that's great. I think that's great for the game of baseball. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for Texas, but I'm also, you know, if the Orioles make a comeback and, and you know, beat up the Rangers the next couple of games and then win that series, and great. That's a good story, too, because the Orioles are a very young team. Uh, the, the world is going to get to see more of Adley Rushman, um, you know, just – uh, so many great players, Santander, uh, so many great players on that Baltimore team. So if they go on, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't, I personally don't have a rooting interest in anybody except for right now, heavily the Diamondbacks. That's this week. <laughs> the There's lots of small, rela- you know, kind of relatedness to Giants in, in this playoffs because you have Bochi. Yeah. Yeah, Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be going head to head in the in the ALCS. You know, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, you have Carlos Correa, who's all of a sudden playing like uh, the the three hundred million dollar player that he wanted to be. Yeah, uh, and so that that is there as well. And then obviously in the uh, in the National League, the, the, I think everyone's just rooting for the Diamondbacks at this point. Uh, at least if you're a Giants fan, and it's it's so fun. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What happened? Uh, just hit a two-run bomb, and now it's four-three. Oh, nice. There you go. The Braves are good, man. This is a good series, I think, for the sport because yeah, the Braves have been the best team in the National League. Philly got hot last year, and you know they know based on last year that they could get back, and so it's just really competitive competitive series and uh i i think it's like one of the best def, uh, divisional series matchups that that you'll ever see oh yeah and it's strange too i mean they, you know they're talking about what can we do next year to fix this but you've got the phillies and the braves facing each other in this round and then you've got the giants or sorry you've got the the diamondbacks and the dodgers facing each other in this round as well um it's all yeah, cool so, yeah I, I, fine with me too um i think there was there used to be a rule back in the day, and I, w- I want to say it was in football, and I and I can't remember. And this is when they had less wild card teams too. When it, you know, if if you were a division team, two divisions teams could not face each other unless it was the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship. Hmm. I think that was years ago. I, I want to say it was the eighties and then they changed it because they thought, you know, we got to stick with the seedings, but it was there for a little while. It was strange, but happened. Yep. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards, tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, 
demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right. Let's talk about... Uh, you know what? Let's talk about the list of disappointing players. Because right. as every season begins... You're optimistic about what can happen. That's the greatest thing about opening day is everybody can be optimistic about their team. The Giants had a strategy of signing players to opt-outs, meaning somebody like Conforto or Ross Stripling, if they had a good year, they would opt out and be a free agent again. And if they didn't have a good year, the Giants would get them for a second year and then they also went after guys who we wanted them to go after. Hanniger, you know, we were both in on the Hanniger signing because we we're just like, man, this team needs right-handed pop. And then the curse of the injury, which has been, <laughs> you know, sort of the last part of his career, uh, came up and reared its ugly head. Uh, and and so a lot of that strategy that they used, Sean Manea similarly, though Manea did pitch well uh, in the second half of the season, none of this stuff really went right for them. And, you know, you kind of like like none of it's not always going to go well. Right. You're hoping that some of them hit, knowing that not all of them are going to hit. And when you look at Conforto, when you look at Manea, when you look at Stripling, you wanted one of those three guys to have like a borderline all star season. And it would have sort of made up for the fact that, you know, just this strategy is not very team friendly. It's not very fan friendly. And when none of them really hit it just makes this whole process seem like a waste, even though we know that there will be moments when it will work and there will be moments when it, when it doesn't work. And that's when I was looking at my list, like that thing, it just made me feel sick to my stomach. Cause we said this at the beginning of the season, no one is going to buy their child a Michael Conforto giants Jersey because <laughs> right. he does, he's not going to be here if he has a good season. And so it's so not fan friendly. And now I'm, I'm kind of like ill thinking about the idea of bringing these guys in. And then I asked Jarrett about this on the show that we did last week. Like, how do you run a clubhouse? How do you get people? How do you get players to be like, rah, rah, I'm in, I'm a giant when everybody's essentially a free agent. It's, it's gotta be really hard. And that's the part of the clubhouse piece. If, you, if you're Kapler, if you're on team Kapler, you're like, 
yeah, I had one guy I knew was going to be here for sure next year, and that's Logan <laughs> Webb, you know? Yeah. Because even prospects, Giants may trade some of these prospects. So my list is going to be two out of the three players that I chose were all on this one-year opt-out deal. Um, the third one is another free agent signing, but that is kind of my my when I looked at this, I went, wow, I just did not like their free agent signings ultimately because th- all three of them ended up on my uh, disappointing list. So uh, I'll start with one because I know you have two. So I'll go I'll go with one and then you go with one. Sounds good. Uh, I, I'm starting with Conforto. We knew it was a risk because he had missed the entire previous season because of injury. And the Giants were kind of like the cushion team. They were the parachute team for him. And he just, he didn't even really have struggles with, with the shoulder. It was just, you know, some of these older guy injuries, legs and here and there. And he wasn't consistent enough. He didn't hit for power. Maybe, maybe, Oracle Park's not the greatest place to hit for power, but that's where I'm. That's the one I'm going to circle because I think if the Giants were going to be a really good baseball team, they needed a bopper, and on paper, he probably had the best opportunity to be that bopper for them, or just be an excellent hitter. Like he has all the makings of like a really good major league hitter, and he just yeah. didn't have that season for them. And I think without him playing well, that probably more so than maybe anybody else in the lineup meant that we were going to be a 500 or, or less team. Yeah. And, and when you said, let's do this, let's do the, uh, the, our disappointments for the season that that could easily be top of the list. And then I started looking at the list and I go, my God, that could be everybody on this team. Yeah, it could be. It really could. Yeah. Be. I mean, there's, there's probably like 20 players um, <clears throat> some of them are, are rookies too. Some of them were the young guys, but it wasn't their fault. They were kind of rushed into these situations because of injuries. Yeah. Um, but looking at the list and, and speaking of injuries, mine are kind of going to be injury related, but that's just the name of the game. And that's how it goes. Um, it's disappointing when you have injuries, uh, it's disappointing, way more disappointing for the player, uh, to have the injuries than for us fans to say, you know, this guy could be out there, but, um, my my number one disappointment, and, and and mainly because of his performance before the injury, uh, and then the fact that he missed the entire rest of the season because of it, um, and, and that's Anthony Disclafani. Um, he's my number one, and, and and I know he wants to be out there, and I know he wants to be fighting. He's a Sinatra guy, so I'm not knocking him, <laughs> um, but. The fact that he came out and was giving up tons of home runs, his ERA was was up again this season, uh, had such a fantastic first season for us. Uh, and then two years later, here we are thinking, how can we cut ties? But, you know, the flexor strain in, in the arm um, causing him to only get 18 starts this season, uh, which when I, I looked at the surprised numbers, he had that many. I was too. When I looked at the numbers, I go, wow, he actually had more than a half of a season worth of starts almost. Yeah. Um, but, but to get as far as he did and then just get blown up and then have the flexor strain issue. And then that was a disappointment because then it caused a uh, kind of a domino effect in the rest of the, of the starting pitching staff. Uh, then you had, you, you, you kind of forced Stripling and Manea to get in there and take a spot. Um, 
and then and then one of my other disappointments was was stripling because of that Manea really kind of turned around the second half of the season i thought that was great um but to force stripling in there and then stripling was basically worse than di on on di good days yeah um and so that made it really tough so that was kind of my disappointment there my first disappointment was disco looking forward to seeing what he could do next season i think next year is the last year of his three-year deal uh and, and so looking forward to see if he could turn things around uh latest report is that he's going to have a a full off-season regular um amount of work in the off season and then come into spring training, uh, being rested and, and ready to go. So we will see if he can turn that around. Yeah. Your, your, uh, one B in there was, was my number two, which was mm. Ross Stripling. And I think a lot of my frustration with him, I can deal with someone just not someone just battling, you know, having frustration after frustration, after frustration, I guess, this is somewhat based on his ability to be jovial in, in the press. Like he's not a John Brebbia, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of want to root for John Brebbia just because he's kind of goofy and funny and he's got that dry sense of humor. And, but what it ultimately tells you is he understands his role. He understands right. what he's good at and he understands what his deficiency is. And I kind of wanted to see that with stripling because he had a bad year, just giving up home run, home runs like crazy his style to come all the way over the top, uh, you know, very dependent on, uh, you know, being able to to pitch through and to be consistent with his stuff, his fundamentals. And he just could not, he, like, he just did not, he, almost like back-to-back starts were, like, completely different, like, every time. And so then, when you look at it and you go, okay, well, how is he going to respond to being coached and to being all of a sudden he's a long guy. We saw the same thing with Alex Wood, right? Alex Wood was just so frustrated with his role. I'm sure some of it was frustration with his, you know, him getting older as well, but he did not endear himself to giants fans uh, through the media and stripling wasn't as bad as Wood, but there were moments where I was like, I'm not sure he knows that he is coming off poorly because it the expectation was is that he was going to help and so when you're not helping to the fan base you kind of have to come you know a little apologetic i guess you would say yeah. and he was just like you know excuse and oh you know complain a little bit of complaining here and there and again this is this is really more about his performance but i do think that had he and alex would been a little bit better in the media. I, I think they wouldn't have come off as slightly antagonistic, uh, but really for, for stripling, it's just in, in the details in, in the stats, he was just poor. He was yeah. that he was a reclamation project. And because of the giant's ability to fix guys, I think we all expected, Oh, this is easy. Ross stripling is going to be, he's going to be good. Cause this is what we do. Carlos Rodone. Nope. We're coming in. He's coming in fixing him, giving him the best year of his career, and then he's going to go leave and and make a ton of money. It did not happen for Ross. For whatever (laughs) reason, they could not fix him. And I just, like, when I thought about him, it was just negative feelings. It's like, I don't think they have a, he's pitching, this is not good. You know, I didn't have any confidence that they were going to win a good, uh, against a good team when he was on the mound. 
No, definitely not. And and he's he's kind of a strange one too because he's got the opt out. Uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, he's de- you know he's definitely opting back in and he's going to stay." He's not happy. I don't think he's happy as a San Francisco Giant. I I think uh, there's a chance he opts out. Yeah, he can stay here and make more money, but he can also leave and make less and be in a happier situation. One for him where he's a, a you know an every fifth day starter somewhere. Um, I think I think it's really going to matter. And this is why Farhan says he wants to have a manager in before spring training starts um, because that's when the opt-outs are going to happen. I think it's a couple days after the World Series ends, like three or four days after the World Series ends, uh, free agency uh, or, or opt-ins and opt-outs all kind of happen and the free agency starts like seven days later. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a strange one. I would not be shocked if Stripling does opt out just because I think he wants to be happier somewhere else. Uh, Manea probably opts in. Uh, there's a chance Manea could leave um, because of the second half that he put together. Um, but I think he likes, from what I could tell, he liked being a San Francisco giant. I mean, there's a chance he's fighting for, uh, one of the five rotation spots next season. If we go with a traditional rotation, five or six pitchers. Um, so yeah, Stripling's a, Stripling's a strange one, big disappointment, but not to the point where I think he opts back in and, and gets the 22 million or no, sorry, 12. I think, I think the way his contract broke down was like, Less in the first season, much more in the second season. So that could that could kind of play a part in it. If you gave Zaidi some truth serum, mm-hmm. what do you think he hopes happens with Stripling and Manea? I think he hopes that they both opt out. I think he would like to have a kind of a do-over at this point and say, look, there's probably two other pitchers out there that are similar in numbers uh, who we can get for half the price. You know, m- maybe two pitchers you can get for the price of one Manea or one Stripling. So I think, I think that's what Zadie would say. Like, I hope they both opt out so we can kind of move on from this. Because if he wants them to opt in, the argument or the sell job is like, yeah, we know your your coach was a little awkward. You know, your manager, communication-wise, maybe, maybe not the easiest mm-hmm. guy to, to chat with, but we're going to fix that. Exactly. And so that if he wants them in, maybe that's the selling point, is we're going to have a little bit better communication across the board. Yeah, and that's possible. And and then maybe Stripling's a better performer because he knows his role uh, right off the bat. Uh, there's no switching up in the middle of it. He, he's, you know, Zadie probably is going to tell him, hey, you know what? Everybody's being investigated, so don't mention the Phantom IL, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, what's going to happen with the Mets there? I don't know, man. That's pretty interesting. I didn't get to listen to your interview with Jarrett, but I don't know if if that had even come out yet when you guys did the interview, but I don't think it did. I think that was later on in the week. So, so I remember, now I'm going to, there's, this is like a really weird analogy here, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it back in, in glorious form. So I went to Comic-Con in, gosh, it was like either the late 2000s or the early 2010s. And Kevin Smith was there of Clerks fame. Yeah. And he had just done a podcast where he said that he had got on a flight, Southwest flight, 
and they actually kicked him off the flight because he was too big. Yes. And so he had this whole stand, sort of a stand-up. It's mostly just storytelling. And he called it Too Fat to Fly. I remember that. Yeah. And he said when he got kicked off of that plane and they finally got him out and they walked him off, he locked eyes with another gentleman who was probably bigger than him. And he said the look on that gentleman's face was like, please do not point me out. Please, <laughs> please, please. Right? And that's sort of what oh, I feel man. What I feel here with, with uh, the Giants is they're like, whatever happens with the Mets, please don't tell on us. Yes. Like, don't point it out. Just take this one for the team. You know, I got dinner next time yeah. you come to town, like that kind of thing. And I I think Major League Baseball organizations will do that. I think they'll kind of keep it in-house and say, look, yeah, you can investigate us all you want to, but here's, uh, you know, here's our doctor's records. Here's yeah. all of our stuff and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, the NBA is going to have yeah. this problem too. Oh, yeah. So, so the NBA, uh, you know, just the people who listen to the death lineup probably understand this because Brian and I have talked about it, but there is a new rule in the NBA where they are trying to make sure that for national televised games, players have to actually be hurt to sit out or wow. if they need to, cause there's this whole thing about load management where play, you know, these players, the, the, the information shows that if, you know, all these guys play all these games, by the time the playoffs come, they lose steam and they get hurt and X, Y, and Z. So they're trying to, they're trying to create opportunities for rest during the season so that the players stay fresh. And so the NBA is like, you know, you cannot rest X number of people on a national televised game. If Steph Curry and Draymond are playing a national televised game, like both of them, they can't, they can't miss unless they're like really hurt. And so yeah. you're going to have these teams who are going to be have to like, they're going to be questioned about, oh, you know, this guy missed this game. What, you know, but their argument is these guys are always hurt. Like they're yeah. all, they're always dinged up. So you could, you know, there's a reason to put a guy on, on the injured list. You know, so these guys are going to tough it out for the most part because this is their job. But so that's, that's an interesting way. How do you define what they were doing? Because, you know, Ross Stripling may say, oh yeah, phantom injury report. And I'm like, dude, your back was jacked up all season. You're saying phantom injury report, and yet you missed all of these starts. Like, what are you talking about, right? Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting the way that they handle that. Well, the other thing, too, with like the NBA and <clears throat> baseball is a little bit different because there are so many games. So, uh, you know, you can kind of fudge this around a little bit. But with the NBA, tickets are so expensive. And when you want to take your family to a game, and you buy your tickets in advance, you pay so much money for it, and then you go to the game and the stars are being rested on both teams, that's going to be a problem. Um, and, 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 I, and I know it's always a problem because, like, you know, anytime you went to a Giants game and you showed up and you're like, ah, oh, Barry Bonds isn't in the lineup tonight. Not because he's hurt, because it was a rest day. But again, back in that in those days, we didn't really have very Well, if they would have had the DH and he days. didn't wouldn't have had to take any rest. Yeah, exactly. But you'd go to this game, but again, you know, I'd go to Candlestick Park to see him and you paid five bucks to get in and you go, Oh well, still watching a baseball <laughs> game and eating yeah. a Polish dog. So yeah, what do I yeah. care? <laughs> and it's still cold, even though it's a one yeah, PM. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Still leaving at eleven thirty tonight when the game's over and it's still gonna be freezing. So yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about our drink. Um, I have my 
what I like to call my 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 uh, cocktail yeti. My oh, wife, yeah. my wife calls it her fav her favorite coffee mug, but I'm like, no, I bought this specifically for alcohol. Like this is this is yeah, the, this is to keep my drinks cold. Don't put coffee in it because it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> trap the coffee flavor in the side. I know everybody. I, I, that's the one thing. So I have one of those. Mm -hmm. Use it for coffee only, and I don't want tea in it because if I put tea in it and it's a floral tea. A chamomile, it's going to stick to the sides, and my coffee's always going to smell and taste like tea for the rest of its life. So, I, yeah, I really understand. So, I have my, uh, I, have, I have some bourbon. Now, I actually have to go on an all day fast tomorrow for a doctor's oh. appointment. So, this is the last day I could have anything fun. So, I'm having yes. a drink and I'm going to probably eat a few more carbs for dinner than I normally would because tomorrow, it's nothing but black coffee and bone broth and tea like all day long. And then well, and for like, this is the one thing they don't tell you that sometimes you find out later. They don't really want you to eat too for like two or three days. They don't want you to eat things that are too fibery. Mm. And, and I didn't realize that until like halfway leading up to my last cleanse. Um, and, and, you know, I got to the day before and I read it in real fine print and I go, but that's, I eat a ton of fiber. Yeah. So I was like, is this going to be a problem? And they said, well, we hope not see how it goes. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> once you get started, you can't really stop. So <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I think the only thing that I screwed up on in this, cause they give you like a week long prep thing. I actually had some ibuprofen because my knees were hurting and I didn't realize you're not supposed to have ibuprofen. So anyways, um, but yeah, so I, I, I grabbed some Basil Hayden That's good stuff. bourbon at the grocery store. I'm always looking for something interesting when it comes to bourbon because, you know, you're a little into this. You know, you're a little you're a little far into to bourbons and, and whiskeys when. You have three different bourbons for three different things. It's like, oh, this yes. is the mixing bourbon. Oh, and this is the other mixing bourbon for this kind of thing. And this is the bourbon that I'll drink on ice. And this is the bourbon that I'll drink straight. So the, this is uh, this is my bourbon that I, I will not mix. And I will just have it with uh, with an ice cube. So Basil Hayden. And, you know, it is uh, it's it's very nice. And I. The Trader Joe's bourbon that that you told me about for the mixing bourbon you know that's about 11 bucks or 13 bucks or whatever a bottle they also have another one that's a sour mash one that's a little bit maybe you know similar price or, or a little bit more but then when you get into and and i wonder if this is also in the psychology of of when you purchase alcohol which is if it's a higher price you almost go like oh i can't waste it so Yes. You know, in, 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 in my mind, I cannot mix this with this because this is a little bit more expensive. You don't want to waste it. You kind of want to savor it. You want it to last longer. Now, I don't know if any of that matters realistically, but just in your mind, it's like a psychological thing. So I just, I just want to hang on to this and, you know, I'll mix the other stuff with a Diet Coke or whatever and, and, and I'll be fine. But this one, man, this one only is for our special <laughs> Clark occasions. Yeah, I've got a couple of bottles that are like that. And speaking of that, I kind of, you know, I got home from vacation and I started thinking, you know, 
life's short and I've got, you know, it's, it's fall and it's getting a little bit cooler. So I'm heading into kind of scotch season. So I had a scotch last night and then, I, then I poured another one uh, tonight. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm going to have these cause they're just, sitting, they're just sitting in the, in the shelf there. So it's a Glenlivet 12. It's a illicit still. That is that what a it name is, holy crap it, the illicit uh, my camera's unfocusing on it but anyways illicit still uh got it from costco believe it or not and of course it's not there anymore and it was a pretty decent price i think it was like 40 bucks 45 bucks mm-hmm. but it sure as heck drinks like a uh, like an 80 dollar bottle and yeah. i think if i look it up that's around how much it is but it, yeah it was like it could have even been like 33 dollars at costco um and then now to now that I think about it, I should have gotten two bottles. Yeah, because it, it is very good. But it's uh, it's a little bit smoky. Mm. Um, but it is a, a a smooth sipper. It goes very very well with Frank Sinatra. It goes very very well with <laughs> Bill Evans and John Coltrane. There you go. Um, and and it is definitely that time of season. I don't know if you can see the wind blowing out here, but we had a little bit of rain today. I heard some thunder. Uh, a lot of different things are happening. I think we. I think it's like 70, what is it, 73 today, and in a couple of days it'll be 59. So that's that's kind of up here in the Sierras. That's crazy because – It just goes back and forth, yeah. It, it's like all of last week it was in the 80s, and then this week it's going to be in the 70s, but then we get to the weekend it's going to be like 90. Like Yeah, well, and when we got to Anaheim on Saturday, um, it was – Weather was decent, and then Sunday we went into Disneyland. It rained for about 30 minutes straight, and it was probably 71 degrees, 70 degrees. And then three days later, it was 93 degrees. (laughs) So we're walking around the park just drenched in sweat when we were drenched in rain a couple days prior. Yeah. Anaheim gets hit with the kind of the weird temps uh, changes as well. We drove through... On the way there, we drove through the Angeles National Forest because we kind of got detoured a little bit. Uh, made one of the kids puke because that's just what they do on those windy roads. And uh, and it was we were driving through fog, fog and rain the whole way through that Angeles National Forest detour, and it was the coolest thing. All of a sudden, you drop down and you go, "Oh, it's sunny." We're in. <laughs> oh so, yeah, it's a kind of a bizarre area up there. All right, uh, we we may get to the end of this baseball game. We got one more segment right yeah. now. Phillies four, Braves three, uh, two outs, bottom of the eighth, runner on second for the Braves, and they're trying to Austin Riley up at the plate. They're trying to come back here, uh, and we'll we'll see if we get through the end. But now it is time for our season uh, preseason predictions that we did that Brad kept. Uh, cataloged for the season, and he has now tallied up all of the information to see how poorly we did on these predictions. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do well. <laughs> and, and and as I was going through their predictions, I go, wow, we were really, really on the optimistic side of things. We always say. are, though. Yeah, and if all of these things would have happened... I think we would have been a playoff team and, and had a nice deep run in the playoffs, but none of this <laughs> happened. Uh, you know, a couple of these things happened, but um, we'll go over them. We had six predictions. The first one was, was Casey Schmidt going to be up by May 1st? And we went over this at the all-star break. Yes. Uh, but I said, yes, he would. 
no, yeah, I said yes, he you would. Said you yes, said yes, I no. said no, and he you was. You said no, and he was up eight days later, uh, or seven days later on May 8th. Uh, so I was wrong, and you were right on Barely. That. You were much Just, closer, though. I It was like... Yeah, you were thinking July-ish, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And that was the big guy. We weren't thinking Bailey. We weren't no. thinking Matos. We nope. weren't thinking Luciano. We None of those guys were, were in our mind or on our radar or on anybody's radar, really, uh, at the beginning of the season. But injuries and the way the season went, it just kind of all happened. So, By the way, Riley was, just hit a two-run homer. Braves were up 5-4. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Unbelievable. It was, a, it was a moon scraper, too. This is gonna be a series, man. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Amazing. All right. And then going back to Philly for two. Yeah. Now you can split there, and you don't have to worry about having to sweep in Philly in that environment. You just got to win one ball game. So, uh, Braves were saving up all their runs. Crazy they didn't stuff. Score in man. game one. October. Uh, gotta love it, man. Uh, and then we got Diamondbacks and Dodgers starting here pretty soon. Yes, yeah, like well. in five minutes. And uh, and the and the awful Raiders Packers game. That <laughs> I don't I think anybody's going to care. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody did. Uh, so second one was All Star Break. Were we going to be in second or first place? Uh, I said no. You said yes. I was right on that one at the All Star Break. We were in third place, only two and a half games out of first place. Diamondbacks and Dodgers were tied for first, and now here they are in the NLDS battling each other. Yeah. Um, so that one lasted. It shows long. how good your question was, though, because yeah, it was almost like an over-under like as, as far as where they actually were at the All-Star break. You'll see actually how close uh, I was on on one other one, not not the other. The other one's <laughs> ridiculous. Wait till we get to the next one. You're going to love this one. So I was right on that one. You were wrong. Um, I think you predicted we were going to be in second place. Um, over under 30.5 steals for the great Bryce Johnson. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Not even end close. Up with- he ended up with three stolen bases <laughs> on the year. <laughs> we thought the year of the stolen base the rule changes the year of the stolen base. It was going to, it happened for every other team except for ours. We decided to, to just do the exact opposite. Well, you know what happened? You run. got psyched out because the dude stole like 10 stole 10 uh, bases in the, in the spring training. Like, Oh, he was, he was the spring training stolen base leader. So I go, well, you know what? He's going to come up. He's going to be a fourth outfielder at some point. Again, mm-hmm. we weren't thinking about Luis Matos. We weren't thinking about Speckler. We weren't thinking about, uh, you know, uh, anybody else at that point other than possibly seeing Casey Schmidt. Tyler Fitzgerald. Um, Tyler Fitzgerald, who is who's being called the best defensive uh, center fielder in the Giants organization. So <laughs> and he's a shortstop. <laughs> and he's a shortstop. So I think in free agency, we might target a center fielder. Uh, if that tells you anything. That's what we thought last year. That's the same thing we were thinking every year since like Darren Lewis. <laughs> uh, three stolen bases for Bryce Johnson. I said over. Boy, was I wrong. You said under. I think you probably weren't thinking three stolen bases, but either way, you were right. Yeah. Um, starting pitchers used. This one is very close. Over under on this one, I put it at 12.5. We both said under. We were both wrong. How many starting pitchers did we use this season, Garrett? What do you think? Over/under was twelve point five. Uh, fourteen. 
We used 13 mm. starting pitchers this year. Um, and I have them for you. Let's, let's just throw them out there because it's, it's fun to kind of hit these names and kind of see who they were. Um, Logan Webb led the team, of course, with 33 starts. Nice. Alex Cobb was in there at second. And then there's the one we were both surprised by, Anthony Descofani, third in the team with starts. Um, who do you think was fourth? Brebbia. Ryan Walker. Oh, Walker. Yeah, because Brebbia was Re- hurt for a lot of the That's year. right. The, the rookie Ryan Walker with a nice 3.23 ERA. Uh, 13 starts. Alex Wood had 12 starts. Ross Stripling had 11. Manea had 10. Brebbia, 10. Scott Alexander, 8. Kyle Harrison, 7. Keaton Wynn, 5. Jacob Junis, 4. And Tristan Beck, bringing up the rear, had uh, three starts. So there's your your 13 pitchers. We both said, like I said, we both said under. We were both wrong there. Um, Mitch Hanniger and and Conforto, do they combine for 50.5 or more home runs or less than 50.5? We both went over. Again, we were so optimistic. If a lot of these things would have gone the way we wanted them to, this was a playoff team. Um, boy, were they under. Did they get to 20? They got to 21 oh. because Con- Conforto had 15 and Hanniger had six. Uh, how so many How over. many foul balls or swing and misses did Hanniger have where his backswing ended up on one knee? That had to be more than yeah, the yeah. runs that he hit in the season. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, because he only hit six, so he probably had 15 of those <laughs> at least. And then the last one, wins over under at 90.5. I said over. I vividly remember predicting 94 wins. Uh, you said under. Uh, you were right on that one. I was wrong. We ended up with 79 wins on the season. Uh, I finished one and five in the predictions, and you finished a dead even 500, three and three on predictions. Uh did not go well. Of course, there will be. Uh, I'm going to put a lot of rookie predictions in there next season. We oh, might yeah. up it to like ten predictions uh, in our in our preseason show uh, as we get closer. I, was, I will try uh, not to be fooled by the Bryce Johnsons <laughs> of spring training this year. I was talking to Jarrett, and we were talking about rookie uh, first year designation, rookie designation, and I think. Out of the rookies, Luis Matos for sure is not going to be a rookie next year. I think he had too many at-bats. I'm not sure about Casey Schmidt, but I think Luciano, I think Harrison, um, obviously Bailey is is not going to be a rookie either. He had a lot of of ABs, but I think Luciano and Harrison keep their rookie designation next year. And Jared said the reason why this is important is because if – your if a player on your team wins rookie of the year, you get like some extra picks or something um, at the end of the first round. So he said there there was a a lot of because we were we were basically talking about like why do rookies or prospects come up to the big leagues way more than it feels like they used to, especially to sort of bounce back and forth. Like we're talking about tippity top prospects, and he said, well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to Get, get their feet wet a little bit, but keep them underneath that rookie status because okay. they want them to be ready when they are a rookie. They want them to play more. And if they get rookie of the year, then the team gets some bonus stuff 
uh, draft picks X, Y, and Z. So they're, they're trying to, even if they come up, they want to keep their rookie designation, but for Bailey and for Matos, for sure. The, I don't, I don't think they kept it. So, uh, so Luciano and Harrison, uh, probably half decent bets for rookie of the year next year for the giants. Yeah. I think that'd I'm, be pretty interesting. I'm looking at the rules. It's 130 at bats or 50 innings pitched. Um, so under that, so it looks like, of course, Patrick Bailey, Casey Schmidt, Luis Matos uh, are not going to be eligible next year, but everybody else who was a rookie who came up this year, Meckler, um, Luciano, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, um, yeah, all those guys. Those guys are all eligible next season. And then uh, uh, innings pitch, I'm, I'm uh, taking a look, but I'm almost sure uh, – Harrison was under 50. Yeah. 34.2. So 34.2 innings pitched and 35 strikeouts. So a nice a sparkling nine K's per nine. Yeah. So that'll, uh, that that's going to be a theme for next year is you have two guys, one offense and one defense who, I mean, one offense and one pitching who will probably have a pretty good shot at, at, uh, at least, you know, early in the season to to follow for that award. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. We are done here, and the Braves and the Phillies are still playing. The Braves took the lead in the bottom of the eighth, so they are the top of the eighth. And Minter is on the mound. Uh, Bryce Harper is at the plate. Philadelphia's last three outs here, if they don't score – for the Braves to get the come from behind victory. And uh, if I remember correctly, M- Minter wasn't necessarily nails against the Giants. So I don't know how uh, Braves fans feel about this right here, but he's been way off to Harper and it's three and one count. So, yeah. And, and one, one last thing um, I, I haven't even noticed the pitch clock in, in postseason baseball. No, it's, it's there, but I, doesn't bother me. Haven't noticed it. And I know that was kind of a bone of contention going into the playoffs. Is that turn it off for the playoffs or make it longer. But, you know, I mean, this game started at what, 307. And and here we are in uh, three hours and three yep. minutes in. This would easily be a four hour game had it not been for the pitch clock. So. And here comes Iglesias because Minter walked Harper on uh, five pitches. So uh, run on first, no outs. And here comes uh, here comes your closer. All right, we are done here. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to the end of the game, but uh, you, those of you who are listening, will know who won the game. But uh, thank you for checking us out on YouTube. Thank you for listening for those on the BSPN audio feed. Uh, Brian and I will be back on Thursday. Rod and I will be back on Sunday afternoon after Niners and uh, Browns. And probably have a couple of things in the, at least one thing in the podcast feed in addition this week, not streaming uh, on the the YouTube channel, but I'm still thinking about some other interviews for the double G show too on the side. So keep, uh, can we we do a thank you? Does this work? If I do it No, it's not going to work. 
the old iOS update, they got some new fun things in, in, in FaceTime and all that, but it doesn't work on here. Yeah, it worked That's before we started the show. I think it got, yeah, it did. It got a little scared when, when Brad yeah. tried to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll be back next week. For Brad, I am Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Oh, that one worked. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.